this is Reaching the Finish Line. And I'm your host, Callan Dix. Check out the website, www.reachingthefinishline.com. And pick up my free report. Save up to 75% what they don't want you to know. ReachingTheFinishLine.com And welcome. Today I am delighted to have Fran Meyer. Fran is the co-founder of Match.com. She's also well known for her 10 plus years of leading TrustE, the leading privacy trust mark and solutions provider. And now uh, she is the CEO of the collaborative economy platform startup, Babierge. It's like basically baby and concierge, which is actually pretty cool. And definitely I uh, would like to talk about that a bit more. A lot of people have called it the Airbnb of baby gear, but we'll save that for later. Fran, welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Kaylin. Great. Let's go back in time, Fran. How okay. did Fran discover her love for entrepreneurship? You know, was your parents entrepreneurs? How did it start? You know, my dad was a sales guy, and I think every entrepreneur has to have a good dose of sales and marketing in their background. Mm-hmm. And um, so I always was a little bit into that, you know, sold the Girl Scout cookies, always won the prize. Um, started a business when I was an undergraduate at Stanford, and this was so long ago that I could not, it was a frozen yogurt business. Believe it or not, in the mid 80s, frozen yogurt was relatively a new thing. Yeah. And yeah. so that was taking a risk. I did that on the Stanford campus. And I'm not sure I really became an entrepreneur, though, until I joined the team to co found Match.com uh, in 1994. I see. Let's talk about that. I mean, Match.com, like almost everyone knows what that is, you know? And, so and- proud of yeah, yeah, for sure. As I was, I was, I was, next thing I was going to say, you must be thrilled, you know, just to see it. You know, when you see commercials or or, or, or you see people talk about it, just to know that you were, I mean, you were the beginning of that. You pioneered that, and it's like basically, basically, like it's, it's like your baby in a way. It's like seeing your baby grow up. Um, but before we go there, I definitely want to talk about you know when you was growing up because you know this is something I do like. Uh, to ask our guest during the interview to see you know, whether it had an influence or not. You know, did you, know, did you, did you want to go to college? Did your parents force you to go to college? Um, that's interesting. Neither of my parents had a college education mm. at the time. Um, later on, both of them did some coursework, and my mom became a teacher. But I think it was an expectation that I would go to college. Now, it wasn't an expectation that I'd go to Stanford. Uh-huh. You know, they really didn't have any idea that that was even in the range of possibilities. Uh-huh. But it was uh-huh. definitely considered that, yeah, I'd go to college. I did well in school from the time I was a little kid. Uh-huh. I see. Now, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, you started Match.com after you graduated from Stanford, correct? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Quite a, after I went to Stanford Business School, actually. Great. So let me ask you this, because um, uh, I'm definitely interested in this, friend. Do you think that your success with Match.com was directly related to your time in Stanford, or do you think that there was no correlation? 
Um, clearly going to Stanford gave me a lot of tools, and not just Stanford undergrad, but Stanford Business School. And in fact, the founder of, of Electric Classifieds, which was the company that um, owned, owned Match.com, he and I went to business school together. So I think there's a very direct link between starting Match.com and going to business school and going to business school at Stanford. I also think Stanford being in Silicon Valley, you know, a lot of people who graduated with me, both undergraduate and graduate, if they stayed in the Bay Area, they eventually found themselves doing some sort of thing in tech uh -huh. because obviously that's the dominant thing. Um, so, and then I also think that, you know, there's a big cultural emphasis here on being an entrepreneur and, and being able to do those kinds of things. So sorry for that. I'll turn off my email. Um, so, so I definitely think it, it's funny because if I had maybe gone to Princeton, maybe I would have found myself doing finance or because that's in New Jersey, uh -huh. or, you know, but definitely getting out of New Mexico, I think was important um, to find the tech career that I eventually found myself in. It, definitely, uh, indeed. What, you know, kind of going back to going back to Mesh.com. It's so interesting. I know so many people that have had so much success with that site, and but I never had any success. <laughs> like, like you know, yeah. Well, I, I, and you know what is success, right? Yeah, that's true. That's true. You know, but you know, I, I heard people say, you know, you know, I found my fiance through Match.com. Oh, my girlfriend, I found her through Match.com. Oh, and, and and for me, you know, I never found any success on that site. I mean, again, it looks like a great site. I've used it. It was very user friendly, but I I haven't really had any uh, success with it. But I'm just so interested, you know, definitely in the story because. Well, really have you had a good date, Karen? Have you had a good date with somebody you met on Match.com? For me, I think that's success. Well, well, no, I I, I didn't get a date on Match.com, but but, <laughs> but it's, it's not it's not saying it's not no it's not saying I'm not saying that it's not a great uh, a site because it is. Like I said, uh, several people I know uh, they uh, you know they they found their girlfriends or they found their fiancés uh, through that site. And like I said, it's just with anything, you know, sometimes something just doesn't work for you. It doesn't mean that it's, it doesn't mean that the thing you're using is a bad thing or it doesn't work. It just means it doesn't work for you, which is fine. Now I, I, I just, it's just, it's, it's so interesting. Uh, let's talk about that. You know, how, you know, what was the inspiration, you know, behind the idea? Was it something that, you know, in your life, was it something that you was noticing among people around you? What inspired you to start a match.com? Well, okay. So like I mentioned, uh, Match.com was part of a company called Electric Classifieds, and this is 1994. Mm -hmm. And in 1994, the idea of putting classified advertising online was still a relatively new new idea. This is before there was Craigslist. This is before there was eBay. Mm -hmm. And so the idea of starting Match.com was to say, let's have a, a proof of concept that will be kind of fun for people to look at and now drive business for the rest of the company. Unfortunately, that meant that years later, and I don't want to spoil the, the end of my run, we sold Match.com for very little money, in any case, to, to fund the rest of the classified business. But I think the things that I did best with Match.com was, we really focused on attracting women. Because the theory was, if we brought in women, 
the men would follow. And if you looked at 900 number personals, do you remember those? I do. You, you do? Okay, then you're younger than I thought. Uh, I'm an old <laughs> um, Start with a free audiobook. Go to reachingthefinishline.com and scroll to the bottom of the page to click on the Audible banner to get your free audiobook. You may not have a lot of free time, but you can definitely listen to a book on a plane, on the bus, or even while you're driving. Go to reachingthefinishline.com and scroll to the bottom of the page to click on the Audible banner to get your free audiobook. Start reaching the finish line with your free audiobook. 900 number personals were really very sleazy. They were all about generating phone calls that would generate revenue for the newspaper. And, and they, they kind of got a bad rap, I think deservedly. So we really had to, to reinvent online dating for the internet. And we had to make it attractive to women. We had to get, and, and by the way, back then, men were on the internet much more than women were. Okay, so by now, certainly now, it's evened out, I'm sure. So we had to make it a clean, well-lit, safe place for women, knowing that if we did that, the men would follow, and that we'd have a better business model that we could really charge people for. And even to this day, getting women to participate in online dating is much harder than getting men. So So I feel like a big part of my contribution was was making that our focus. And, you know, it was, it it came out in a lot of different ways. So it wasn't just that we marketed it to women, but we thought about what women wanted. So for example, I remember one day an engineer coming in and saying, hey, what are the the weight ranges, you know, the pound ranges for the weight question? And I looked at him, I said, no, 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 no. We are not asking the weight question. We are asking body type. Right. Are right. you slender? Are you athletic? A few extra pounds, mm-hmm. Rubenesque. Mm-hmm. Because I knew that women, and to this day, none of the dating sites ask you for your weight. Mm-hmm. And yes. that was an important thing. Another thing is, is we went with a membership business model. Mm-hmm. Prior to working at Match.com, I was at AAA, you know, the car uh, club, mm-hmm. membership club. Indeed. And I knew that membership is really much more powerful and a better model than perhaps, which the proposal on the table was to charge $0.10 cent per email campaign or email message sent. And I knew women would not like to be nickeled and dimed like that or bid on. And that membership really was going to enhance the overall attractiveness of being part of Match.com. Indeed. Fran, when did you start Match.com and then when did you sell it? We started it in 1994. Okay. It was free for pretty much the first year. Mm-hmm. We started charging in 1995. Okay. And we sold it at, to Sendent in mid-1998 for less than $10 million. Okay. So between 1994 and 1998, how many employees did you have at that time? Oh, gosh. Hard to know. Um, I bet you it was not much more than 30. Oh, I see. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. Wow. But still, you know, 
I know nowadays, Frank, you know, you see these publications like Business Insider, Entrepreneur, <laughs> Forbes, and people, they sell their companies for, you know, uh, you know, 40, 50, 60 million dollars. But still, I mean, even for, even for, you know, a person listening to this um, episode, you know, now, you know, to, to be able to sell your company for even a few million dollars, maybe two or three, that's to a lot of people, that's still a success story. So, uh, I guess it, and, and, and needless to say, like you, you know, like you talked about, I constantly, I, I feel that my contribution was, was making not just a new industry called online dating, which is so much better and more successful than personals ever were, were. And even right now, many people would say online dating is the way to date. In fact, people in the industry call dating like we used to date, you know, when you met somebody somewhere, that's called dating in the wild. Okay. So, so I feel extremely happy about creating a whole new sector called online dating, a billion dollar business for sure. But also, more importantly, that people met each other, that they had dates, that they really spent time trying to find their right life partner. That at this point, we probably have maybe, a, I don't know, a million children out of Match.com, who knows yeah. what that number is. <laughs> we have some divorces, and over time, I'm sure we're going to get some data about online marriages that started online versus not. But hey, I am really proud of that, you know, and, and it's been a blessing in my life. For sure. I'm, I'm so happy for you, you know, just to, just to have something that's your baby and you're just seeing it everywhere, you know, like, you know, like from, for, for the social media platform, you know, you have the Facebooks and the YouTubes, you know, but for, but for, but, but, but for your sector or, or for the sector you was in for quite a bit of time, like online dating, again, you know, it's everywhere, you know, like, you know, when I, you know, you know, uh, you know, uh, when I go back to the U.S., you know, I, I drive, I see it on billboards. When I watch TV, I see it, I see it on commercials. I mean, just just to have that footprint and just to kind of just to, just to know that you 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 birthed that, you know, it's just again, it's just amazing. Oh, yeah, no, no, it, it it's thrilling to me. Yeah, it, it is. Yeah, again, so happy for and you. They can take it away. Indeed, and it's definitely. Uh, a goal of mine. I definitely hope to create a brand that is as influential as your as your as your brand was with um, uh, Match.com. Now let's 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 go on because you definitely have done a lot of other big things. I mean, definitely you definitely a uh, established uh, leading uh, entrepreneur. Uh, you've won lots of awards. Uh, you know, San Francisco Business Time, uh, one of the most influential women in the Bay Area, uh, top hundred influential women in tech. Uh, I mean, I mean, you know, and, and then, you know, 10 plus years leading uh, your other uh, business that you had, which was trustee. Uh, now, I've, I've seen that. I, I've seen that name a lot, but I don't I, I, I to be honest with you, I couldn't t- I couldn't tell you that I knew exactly what it was. But uh, but uh, it's but from, from, but from look at it briefly, it's a leading privacy trust mark and solutions provider. Perhaps you could talk about that and what led you to kind of turn to that direction. Great, thank you. So after Match, I spent a little bit of time on a company called Women.com because women in entrepreneurship and women online has been a passion of mine. And we went public in 1999. That was exciting. Then I went over to a company called BlueLight.com, which was partially owned by Kmart, you know, the Blue Light Special, and uh, some other investors. And I call that first stage of, of 
the web 1.0, um, the good, the bad, and the ugly, you know, because uh, Match.com obviously is still around, one of the few businesses established in the mid-90s that is still the category leader, like eBay, for example. And uh, and then I called Women.com. We went public, but it wasn't that successful, a little bit later than we should have. And it's not really that it was bad. It was sort of too bad. And then I called Blue Light the Ugly because I had, can you believe this, Kellen? I had a $100 million marketing budget. Wow. And, and of course, all of that kind of, we, we grew one of the fastest growing free, free internet service providers, ISPs, dial-up, which was still common back in 2000. We did all kinds of different things, but it kind of exploded with a dot-com bust and um, Kmart had its own issues. And even Martha Stewart, Kmart's big partner, had some issues, as we all know. I call that the trifecta. So out of that, it's 2001, and um, the dot-com bust is, is in place, and I was looking for my next opportunity. And I joined Trustee, which was best known as a certification mark, a green and black logo on websites by their privacy policy or on their page. Because privacy still now and, and then too is really important to internet and back then not many companies even had a privacy policy and there weren't very many protections for consumers and I see myself as a marketing executive as well as an entrepreneur and, and, and a, um, a chief executive officer but as a marketing person you know that brand depends a good strong brand depends on trust absolutely and trust is, is made up of a bunch of things, but on the internet, you need to trust the privacy of your brands that you work with. And so I took over Trustee. Now, what's interesting about Trustee is it was formed as a nonprofit. So I kind of got out of the whole option, stock price craziness for a little while. I joined Trustee as an executive director. It was going through a rough time as many brands were during the dot-com bust of the early aughts. But by 2006, I had developed a strategy and a plan for trustee to become a private company. And in 2008, I closed a round of venture capital, 10 and a half million, to convert trustee from a nonprofit to a for-profit company. Want the full episode? You can get it. Will you become a Prim20 premium radio subscriber? Go to reachingthefinishline.com forward slash buy to get your premium subscription today. Get one hour commercial free episodes, private mastermind calls with our guests, and much more. Go to reachingthefinishline.com forward slash buy to get your premium subscription for just another way to help you start reaching your finish line. And I did that because we were competing with for-profit companies. The issues of privacy on the internet were extending to privacy on your phone, to international, to all kinds of, to advertising and, and retargeting. There were so many opportunities and we needed capital to really address those. So that's how I got into trustee. Wow. A lot of years there growing it. For sure. Indeed. And man, it's just, you know, you, 
your experience is just so extensive. And, uh, you know, going from doing online dating to going from a, a totally uh, Trustmark solution provider to bringing it from a nonprofit into a for-profit and raising uh, millions of dollars. Again, you know, definitely your your, your business experience is definitely uh, in- inspiring, especially to a person uh, like myself. I, I would imagine, I mean, definitely... <clears throat> Looking at your, looking at your, uh, I guess they would call rap sheet. Uh, I don't have as, as nowhere near as many years of uh, uh, business experience and accolades as you have. It's definitely inspiring, not only. Oh, to and me. I still think I should have done more. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I said, not only is it inspiring to me, but it's definitely, I would imagine, is inspiring uh, to other people that are uh, listening as well. Uh, definitely. Um, you know, I would definitely want to shift and talk about you know some of the for, some of the boards that you've been a part of because uh, definitely uh, I feel like a lot of times uh, it, well I, f- I feel like it's, it's it's a great thing and where it comes to a point where entrepreneur has such a, a great amount of experience and they they kind of want to give back and oftentimes there'll be a board advisor or maybe of a startup or there'll be a you know or there'll be a uh, maybe a they'll sit on the board of you know a company just to kind of help them and foster them and oftentimes you know a, a, a lot of uh, people that I've I've interviewed or prior they don't really ask for anything it's just they they tell me that it's just a way that they can give back. You know the fact that they've been successful, the fact that they've, you know, you know they've they've done well in their business life is a way for them to give back. So I definitely want to talk about you know your uh, board involvement. Um, you've definitely been involved in solo mode technology, uh, girls in tech, and Children Council of San Francisco. Let's start with solo mode technology. What exactly is that, and why did you want to get involved in it? Well, one of the things that I decided to do when I got out of working at trustee full time, starting about 2012, 2013, I really started to advise women in, as entrepreneurs, women as founders, and um, really tried to em- help them embrace the fact that they could succeed, but that they had to do some things and, and you know, maybe a little bit differently, have more confidence, be proud of the products that they're doing. Uh, all kind, all kinds of different things. But in in that process, I met um, Liz Eversol, who is the CEO of Solomo. And Solomo is doing analytics and and measurement of people as they move through stores, exhibitions, places, and things like that. And so I really enjoy working with her. She's out of Madison. I bring a little bit of the Silicon Valley way of doing things to to Wisconsin. Um, it's a good team. And I would say that I've probably advised, oh, a good dozen of co- dozen companies, either as a formal advisor or as a CEO coach advisor. And what I find is I enjoy helping them you know, with their strategy, with their marketing, but also helping them just how to th- think about things. So I, I work with a bunch, and there's typical things that, especially women entrepreneurs, don't do as well as men. So they're they're a little less confident. They write too long emails. <laughs> they are always trying to explain themselves. For themselves, sure. You know. Um, and sometimes all I have to say to one of my female entrepreneurs when she's thinking about 
doing a call to a potential uh, partner or maybe having to fire an employee or dealing with a, a, a situation with the sales numbers. I say to them, hey, what would a guy do? And just asking that question can change the, the frame of reference. I'll give you an example. In one of the boards I was on, I won't name who, um, the sales numbers were off by 5%. And the sales gal comes in, the sales VP, and she starts the beginning of the presentation saying, I'm so sorry about this 5% miss. And then she goes on to say all the new clients and what the forecast is for the next quarter, and it's all very good. Now, part of that 5% miss was a 15% miss in business development. The business development guy comes in, and he doesn't even say anything about his miss. He just talks about all the stuff that's in the pipeline and so on. And this is the way that women hurt themselves because, you know, it was his job to explain. It was her job to, to trump things up. So that's the kind of situation I see all the time. I'd also say that working with early stage startups and now certainly being in one, uh, you learn a little bit more about what's hot, what are the new tools, what's the new thinking about development approaches, new marketing approaches. So I think advising oftentimes helps keep people more fresh. For sure. You was definitely an active advisor in sign up formerly known as volunteer spot that's definitely familiar to my mind uh, i've definitely i think i've uh, stumbled upon that site at least a few times over the past year or so um per, you know perhaps people for people who don't know what it is uh what is sign up so sign up is used by a lot of schools and volunteer organizations to sort of more efficiently get people to sign up to to show up to volunteer to bring that casserole to um, uh, help other people. So it's really started out as a scheduling tool for volunteers, uh -huh. but it's becoming a scheduling tool for all kinds of things. Great. And I, I, I like, uh, and, this is, and this is kind of the part I really want to get into because uh, there's a lot of, uh, well, you know, Air, I, probably Airbnb was probably the pioneer, but, you know, Airbnb kind of being the, uh, kind of leveraging the real estate, uh, you know, uh, Uber kind of leveraging the cars. And for you, you're, uh, yeah, Bay, Bay Bears. Uh, it's, Bay Bears. Uh, Bay Bears. Uh, it's a beautiful name. It's, 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 it sounds so awesome. It's always hard for me to pronounce. <laughs> so it's like baby plus concierge. Uh -huh. So it's B-A-B-I-E-R-G-E. Uh -huh. And, and, Baby it makes sense because we're sort of like your concierge for baby equipment when you travel. Mm -hmm. Yeah, let's talk about that. What was you know what inspired that idea? You know what 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 was? Did you kind of see that? Okay, hey, this Airbnb is working. This Uber is working. I bet this can work. What was kind? Of, what, what inspired you to do this? Well, a um, couple things. First of all, I live in San Francisco, and I was one of the early people to start renting rooms in my house on Airbnb. So I'm now an Airbnb super host. I do real well. I have people in my house all the time. That's not for everybody, but it works for me. And especially when I wasn't working full time, I certainly enjoyed having the extra income. And I would say that that whole experience really gave me some insights into sort of what is now called the sharing economy or the collaborative economy or the gig economy. And 
while I was advising, uh, being an advisor for something called Women's Startup Lab here in, in uh, Silicon Valley, I met an entrepreneur, Carrie Coolyard, who was coming to Silicon Valley from Santa Fe, New Mexico, where I grew up, to get some advice on how to scale her business. And maybe it's because of the Santa Fe connection or whatever. I spent a little bit more time with her and I did understand what she was trying to do because basically as an Airbnb host and understanding, you know, sort of firsthand travel trends and so on, I knew that people needed baby equipment when they travel. Do you have kids, Kaylin? Uh, no, <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't think so. But can you imagine how hard it is to travel with car seats and oh, indeed. everything? You know, it's a big deal. Absolutely. And four million babies are born every year. So Carrie's story, I'll just briefly say it. You know, one of the bad raps or one of the true things about many Silicon Valley businesses is they're started by bros who have a problem and they want to solve it for themselves. And in a way, that's how Airbnb and Uber grew up. As we come to a close, if people want to follow you or get in contact with you, how do they do that? Yeah, Fran Meyer, F-R-A-N-M-A-I-E-R at, at, on Twitter. And I'm pretty easy to find on LinkedIn or uh, any other place. Great. Fran, thank you for being our guest. Kaylin, I really appreciate it. And good luck on your journey and getting to your finish line. Thank you for listening. Just another great episode by Callan Diggs, best-selling author and career strategist at Seen and Fast Company and Inc. Magazine. If you're not on an email list, you're missing out. Go to reachingthefinishline.com and subscribe to get all the exclusives.